Working toward the vision of the future and how that affects your spiritual calling. Today, coming up on Bold Steps. God has called you to rebuild your family into something else. Do you see it yet? You have to have a vision and a burden for what God has called you to make it into. Stop lamenting over the past and start working towards the vision of the future. Do you see it yet? Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. We've been spending the last couple of days talking about vision, specifically a stirring of the heart toward a God-given burden and action we can take today to address it. The series is called Agents of Change, and it's our hope that after listening, you'll be encouraged to not stand still, but to make bold steps toward realizing that call God has placed on your heart. To hear this or any message again, or perhaps share it with a friend, stop by our website, boldstepsradio.org. That's boldstepsradio.org. Now, with part two of the message, Do You See It Yet? Here's our teacher, Pastor Mark Job, with today's Bold Steps. I was telling my son this morning, I'm a little village boy. I grew up in a village of 200 people. Unpaved streets. Sheep would walk through the village where I grew up. I'd have to make my way around the cow manure. My telephone number was eight. Seriously. I went to a one-room schoolhouse with 30 kids and one teacher. I mean, I'm as village as you can get. There's a village in northern Spain. I'm a foreigner, basically, born in America, but raised in Spain. Little country, little village, never lived in the city. Two square blocks in Chicago was bigger than my entire village. And so when I came to go to school here, I was like, man, get me out of this place. I want some air, mountains, open space. It was not until I wept for the city, not until God opened up my eyes to see the burden and the heartache of the city, not until I loved the city. I had to weep for it first. And when I wept for the city in prayer, then I felt like now I need to do something about the city. Now I can't see myself in any other place in the world. I visit the country, but I want to live there. (laughs) I love Chicago now, but I had to weep for Chicago before, I had to weep for Chicago before I was willing to do something about Chicago. And I'm just wondering if God is putting a burden upon you. Nehemiah, it was an old problem, but but he saw it in a fresh new way. The old problem came alive. It wasn't their problem anymore. It was his problem. He was captured, touched deeply in his heart, and that moved him to powerful action. Number three, not not only do you need to have a fresh burden. And sometimes your heart is stirred, but you don't know what action steps to take. Number three, a change agent will have to wrestle through the difference between a concern and a calling. Not every problem constitutes your calling. Not every need means that you have to get involved. Uh, So Nehemiah prayed. 
The Bible says that Nehemiah prayed from the month of uh, Keslev to the month of Nisan, which means basically November, December to March or April. In other words, he fasted and prayed for over three and a half months, over a hundred days. Now, now he wasn't fasting necessarily the whole 100 days, but it was intermittent fasting and prayer burden. He couldn't shake it. Have you ever had, had a burden that catches you for a little bit, but then you get over it real fast? You see a little kid and you think, oh, I should adopt her. Look at her. She's so cute. She's not nice. And then you, a week, two days pass and you think, whew, man, I'm glad I didn't adopt her. You just, you, you get over it real fast. How could I have a kid in my life right now? You see something that moves you, but you get over it. But have you ever had something that moves you that you can't get over it? It grabs you, that pulls you, that drags you in, that you try to get over it. You want to forget about it, but you can't forget about it. It keeps gnawing at you, pressing at you, pushing at you. You want to escape it, but it can't. There's a difference between a cause and a calling. There's a lot of good causes out there. There's a lot of needs out there. Not every need constitutes a call. I was in Africa this summer. I was in the uh, largest ghetto and poorest ghetto of Africa. One, one million people living off of one dollar a day per average in Kibera with no running water, no electricity, living in just destitute poverty. And it moved my heart to see these little kids the way they lived in their poverty and their uh, just the schooling and the dirt and the abuse that happens. And my heart was deeply moved by it. And we took, some of you participated, we took up an offering and gave it towards them. And so I'm, uh, there's some people serving there and I'm touched by it. I want to support and pray for it, but I don't feel called me to move to Africa. So there's a cause there that I understand and support, but it doesn't constitute my calling. Are you tracking with me? Not every cause is your calling. But there are certain causes, there are certain elements that are your calling. You need to have to be able to discern between a concern and a calling. And I believe that happens through fasting and prayer. So for 100 days, Nehemiah, he fasted and he prayed that God would show him if and what he needed to do about this. I believe it's through prayer that our burdens start to mature that we start to discern whether we need to take action on something. And I see four elements of his prayer in chapter 1. Four basics to pray through a burden. If you have a burden and you're saying, is this a call to action? Number one is urgency. He prays. And if you notice in verse 6, he says, Let your ear be attentive to our eyes, open to hear the prayer of your servant, praying before you day and night for your servants. There's an urgency when God is calling you to something that you can't get rid of. He found himself day and night thinking about this, day and night praying for it. It was something that would wake him up in the middle of the night. Something in the morning he would think about that he couldn't escape, couldn't release, couldn't get, get rid of. There was an urgency to pray, to do something about heavy on his heart. Number two, repentance. In verse Six, he says, I confess the sins of we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, that we've committed against you. Hold on. I thought the walls of Jerusalem were torn down way before 
where before Nehemiah was born? Why is he confessing and repenting for something that happened before he was born? I believe that when we get engaged in a cause, we have to acknowledge our part of it as well. I am not responsible for my ancestors, but I am affected by my ancestors. I wasn't there when Adam sinned, but I have a sin nature because Adam sinned. You may not have been involved when your grandfather was having an affair or your father was being uh, disloyal to your mother, but you are struggling now with your own faithfulness to your wife because of the generational sin that is cast into your lap. You aren't responsible for the fact that your father was an addict, but you have been affected by his addiction and you're struggling through that addiction and you have to be able to break the cycle and so you repent not only for your sin but you repent for your ancestor's sin because you are connected to them and you acknowledge we as a people have sinned against you God so there's a repentance involved in it that says I'm a part of the problem This is Bold Steps. I'm Mark Job. Don't go anywhere. I'll finish up this message in just a moment. And just before you do, Mark, are you looking at the same listener comment that I am here? I am. What a powerful one. Indeed. You want to read it? Yeah. So we have a listener that wrote this. Recently, I said a prayer and asked for guidance, and my radio was playing Bold Steps, huh. and it caught my attention. Wow. I now listen to the podcast just about every day. Every message speaks to me, and my journey is purposeful now. I pray for Dr. Mark Job as he brings his lesson each day. Thank you for all you do in God's name. Wonderful, huh? Ah, that's so encouraging. You know, Wayne, God has a way of taking what we need to hear and through his spirit, just pinpointing it to our heart for that day, at that time, at that moment. Whenever I hear a comment like that, Mark, it causes me to give thanks for our bold partners who support this ministry with a monthly gift of any size. And by the way, when that gift is $30 or more each month, you'll be eligible for a 50% discount on all Moody Publishers resources. And that includes children's books and devotionals and Bible commentaries and more at moodypublishers.org. So sign up to become a bold partner today at boldstepsradio.org. Now, Mark, for our first-time donors, you are offering a 30-day devotional. That's right. So if you are a first-time donor to Bold Steps, very first time, a gift of any size, I'd like to get in your hand my devotional called Bold Steps with Jesus. This will help you jumpstart your day. I include some of my personal testimonies in there. You want to get it because, hey, it's January. You need to get in the Word. And I believe this tool can really help you out. First-time donors, it's free to you when you contact us at boldstepsradio.org. And thanks to our bold partners who make all of this possible. Well, let's get back to Mark's message now, Becoming Change Agents. Here's Mark Joe with the second half of the message, Do You See It Yet? Chicago is a city that fosters racism and bigotry in a, lo- in a strong way. You tell me what neighborhood you were raised in, and I'll tell you what race you're prejudiced against. It's fostered within us. 
And sometimes we need to say, Lord, forgive us for our prejudice, for our judgmental, for our, for our part in it, God, as well. Number three, trust, urgency, repentance, and trust. Nehemiah prayed, and he basically said, God, you promised. You promised that if we repented, you promised that if we turned away from idols, you promised that you would restore us, God. So Nehemiah is reminding God of the calling. He's based on the promises that God has given us. If you have a call and purpose in your life, you will realize that it's in line with the will of God, and you'll have to go back to God and say, God, this is part of your plan, so I'm just joining you in your plan to fulfill your purposes, God. And then number four, boldness. In verse 11, Nehemiah says, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Nehemiah prayed boldly that God would give him the power to take steps that he needed to take to do something about the problem of Jerusalem lying in ruins. So I, I, I want you to know that as God is developing a change agent inside of you, you will, first of all, be awakened sometimes by an old problem but with a new burden. Secondly, you'll, you'll be captured by something that will cause you to weep or touch you deeply inside, and you may not know exactly what to do about it. Thirdly, you need to pray and fast as your burden begins to simmer, as you ask God, what part do I need to play in this, God? And let this, ver this burden that I have mature into a vision that takes action steps. And number four, and lastly, a change agent will need to pray first and then take action steps towards their God-given vision. I believe that when you don't pray and you just act, you're an activist doing things in the power of the flesh that will burn out and do very little that amounts for anything for the kingdom of God if you act and you don't pray. But if you pray and you don't act, you're just a spiritualist. Bringing things before God, but not willing to take any step towards the solution God is calling you to. Amen? James says that faith without works is dead. If you have works but don't have faith, then you're just a moralist. If you have faith and you don't have works, then you're just a spiritualist. We need faith and works together, then you are a follower of Jesus the Christ making a difference in this world. We need faith and works together to bring about the change that God is calling us towards. Do you see it yet? Come on now. Some of you have been seeing the ruins of your past life and some of you have been so fixated on what a mess you made with your life in the past that you haven't seen the call that you have towards your future. Do you see it yet? Every mistake that's happened in your past, even your failures, God will use to prepare you for the destiny and call that he has for you. Do you see it yet? God has prepared you in an extraordinary way to do things that no one else can do like you in a setting that is particular to you. Do you see it yet? 
You can't move towards something until you see it. God is the God that calls things as though they were before they are. He's the God that speaks things into existence before they have become manifest in reality. God is the God. That's what faith is. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things not seen. Faith is when we see things before they are, knowing that it's God's will to move them in that direction. The Bible says we live by faith, not by sight. And I wonder if you see it yet. When I was walking around this building with the men, some of them were saying, I don't know, I just see a warehouse, a big empty warehouse. This, this is not going to work. But I was saying, but do you see it? Do you see it yet? Do you see that this could be the auditorium? Do you see this could be the gym? Do you see a children's ministry here? Do you see a chapel there? And some of them were like, no, I can't see it. But others were like, yeah, I think I see it. And I'm asking you this question, do you see it yet? Not the ruins, but what God has called you to make out of the ruins. Do you see it yet, man of God? Oh, I know there's messes in the dysfunction of your family because you've led it in a dysfunctional way. But don't focus forever on the dysfunction of your family. God has called you to rebuild your family into something else. Do you see it yet? You have to have a vision and a burden for what God has called you to make it into. Stop lamenting over the past and start working towards the vision of the future. Do you see it yet? Oh, pastor, you don't know my background. Oh, I don't know your background, but I've heard a lot of backgrounds. You know, maybe your background, you were a prostitute in the streets out there. Maybe you lived a lifestyle that now you're super ashamed of. And you know what? I believe that anything that's washed by the blood of Jesus is gone over in the past, never to be called up again. But stop focusing on what you were. God has now called you to be a woman of purity, of destiny, of a different lifestyle. Do you see the woman he's calling you to become? Now step into it. Do you see it yet? Do you see it yet? God is awakening change agents to begin to see the calling, the purpose to which he's driving them toward. But like Nehemiah, your life needs to be interrupted by something that clarifies your vision so you can begin to see what God has called you towards. Nehemiah came before the king, it tells us in chapter 2. And I love the boldness that God gives Nehemiah. He said, then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. If it pleases the king and your servant has found favor in your sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my fathers are buried so that I can rebuild it. God gives Nehemiah the boldness to risk his job, his future, and even his life. And he says, call me. I want to rebuild the wall. And not only does he ask the king if he can have permission to leave his job and be relocated, he says, and by the way, king, would you also fund the project? Oh, that's boldness. <laughs> can I leave my job and could you fund the project as well? Now that's some boldness there. And you know what? He found favor with the king. And the king said, yes, I'm going I'm to let you go in this direction. By the way, I told you last week about Esther. Scholars believe that Artaxerxes, the king, 
was a stepson to Esther, the queen, and it gave him favor with the Jews. You see, God sets things up. And I don't have time to tell you the rest of the story, but let me just say this. The walls were in ruin for 141 years. Nehemiah fasted and prayed for 100 days. What had not been accomplished in 141 years, Nehemiah was able to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days for the glory of God. 52. I want you to see that he fasted twice as long as it told him to get the it took him to get the project done. Some of you need to fast and pray a little bit more before you start the project because you're trying to do the project. It's taking you too long because you haven't fasted and prayed enough. Maybe you could get it done in half of the time if you fasted and prayed a little bit more about it. A great place to end the program today in the anticipation of becoming an agent of change. Don't act without praying and don't pray without acting. The title of this message is Do You See It Yet? And to listen to it again anytime, go to boldstepsradio.org. Mark, next time you visit perhaps one of the most dramatic stories of faith in the Bible, and it has the intriguing title, Firewalkers. Let's talk about that. (laughs) I love this story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And this is the kind of story that is told in Sunday school, but it has huge adult implications. And uh, it's a story of people that are willing to take bold, daring steps of faith and walk through the fire and see that God is walking with them. No better example than those three. Oh, no. Yeah, this is, this is a great, it's a great inspiring story. It really is. A call to be daring in your faith, even though it seems you're standing alone. Well, I hope you'll join us for that powerful message. But before then, I want to encourage you to visit our website and check out the full array of faith-building tools and opportunities we have available there. That's boldstepsradio.org. On our homepage, you'll also be able to check out our current Bold Step gift. And with that in mind, Mark, you have something very special for us. Well, Wayne, we have an old friend here in the studio with us, Joe. I know you've worked with him for uh, quite a few years. A good friend back at Moody helping me out. So grateful (laughs) for Joe. And, um, you know, Joe, as we start this new year, there's a lot of our listeners, I think, that are making New Year's resolutions. They want to make some changes. They want to tackle this new year in a different sort of way and make it a better year. Any suggestions that you would have for them? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I think we're a little cynical, aren't we, about New Year's resolutions because there's so many <laughs> Yes, years. I am. Like we've made them and, you know, two <laughs> weeks in and they're gone. But one thing that's not gone, Mark, is that God's steady presence in our lives. We have no clue what will happen to us this year. We have no clue what's going to happen in this crazy world this year. But we do know who will be with us this year. And the wonder of the presence of Jesus Christ, Mm. who is with us, who guides us, who directs us, who speaks to us. Mm. And so I think as we moved into the new year, and I think let's all make New Year's resolutions, but the one resolution we need to keep is to keep Jesus at the center of our year. I love that, Joe. Keep Jesus at the center of our year. So if anything you do this year, anything you do, determine at the beginning of this year, I'm going to make Jesus the center. 
Thank you, men. And right now we're offering this special book from Dr. Stoll that will help you do just that. It's called Strength for the Journey, as they said. And through six devotionals each week and a psalm for the seventh day, Joe nourishes our spirit by encouraging us to consistently turn to God through our trials. Life can be tough, messy, and confusing sometimes. So get your new year started with strength by requesting this Bold Step gift by giving a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps. Just call us at 844-615-7363 to donate today. That's 844-615-7363. Or give online and request the book Strength for the Journey when you go to boldstepsradio.org. Or send your donation and request this Bold Step gift in the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. By the way, if this is your first time ever to give a donation to Bold Steps, we have an extra resource we want to send you. It's a free download of Mark Job's brand new 30-day devotional. We really do want to help you start 2024 in the presence of Jesus, and Mark's e-devotional will help solidify that growth. So for a gift of any size from our first-time donors, you'll receive Dr. Stoll's daily devotional and Dr. Job's brand new e-devotional. That's two powerful faith tools to get your year started right when you make your first donation to Bold Steps. Just go online today at boldstepsradio.org or give us a call at 844-615-7363. Thanks again for listening and for your support of this radio ministry. We're going to break for the weekend now, but remember, you can also hear Mark's teachings this Saturday or Sunday on our sister program, Bold Steps Weekend. Find it on your local station or go to boldstepsweekend.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd signing off, and we'll see you for the next message in our Agents of Change series. It comes up Monday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.